Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Here I am. Christmas music, bump back season, day three. As we're rolling on th- along today, a lot has happened on a day where it did not look like a lot was going to happen. But uh, what can always happen is you can find a bet to place on uh, something or another. With that, we will head to the phone lines, bring in our friend Julian Edlow from uh, DraftKings here. And uh, uh, Julian, welcome in uh, yet again. And man, this is this has got to be one of the busiest times of the year for you, doesn't it? With uh, you know football going on, all the basketballs going on, it, it feels like all of your worlds uh, collide here for a few months' time. Yeah, that, uh, you know, the fall season through the holidays is a nice little overlap of all the college basketball and football, NFL and NBA all going on simultaneously, and uh, it's pretty great. Uh, yeah, I know, you know, follow you on uh, Twitter, at Julian Edlow, that's easy to remember, uh, on Twitter. You're, you're out there every day with your, your basketball stuff, uh, be it pro or, or college. So I, I guess today, uh, let's start with the NBA, because uh, you get into that pretty deep on a, a day-in, day-out uh, basis. We're now, what are we, I guess about two months into the season here. What what kind of trends have emerged for, for you that are, are the things you're tracking this year that are popping out for, for things you look for on a day-in, day-out basis? Yeah, usually around once we get to December 1st, I start to look at a lot of first quarter, first half trends. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> because I think, you know, for the most part, what you're going to do is you're setting a number for a game and then cutting it in half or into a quarter, uh, and that's not necessarily the way that teams play. Uh, you know, the, the Pacers, for example, have been a decent team, uh, particularly as a dog against the spread this season. They're the worst first quarter and first half team in the NBA. So going against them early in games has been really profitable. Um, Memphis at home, a really good first quarter, first half team. Uh, the Bulls on the road have been a, a first half fade. Uh, they were 2 and 11 last I looked. They've, I'm sure they've played a couple games since then, uh, but 2 and 11 first half against the spread. Celtics are about to come home from a long West Coast trip. Uh, they are 13 and 0 to the first half team total over at home. Mm-hmm. That offense just clicks at home. They've got a seven game homestand coming up now through New Year's. Uh, so that has been the most profitable one for me by far. Um, but, yeah, a, a lot of good stuff in those first quarter, first half trends. I think you know, one thing that's really unique about drafting Sportsbook, we offer first quarter point props on players. Mm. Um, Luka Doncic is averaging like almost 12 points per game in the first quarter. The way the Mavericks rotation works, he plays the full first and third quarter. You can usually get him around nine and a half points. Um He's been he's been going over that in the majority of his games. So I, I like breaking games down into quarters and halves and looking at those type of trends. Okay, yeah, that, that's kind of interesting because you know you look at a guy like Luca or any of these guys, you know they're playing thirty some odd whatever forty minutes a game. But it, yeah, it's not distributed uh, evenly throughout the game. So if you can figure out uh, that point, you said the Celtics at home. You mentioned the Grizzlies a little. I, I know last year you were just hammering for months in a row like the Grizzlies uh, first quarter over first uh, are, quarter are they, team total yeah. is there. Are, are they still are they still on the list? This this year, as it, as it passed to the Celtics this year, I don't have. I'm passing the torch to the Celtics. The Celtics' first half team total over at home is my my go to this year. I haven't looked at what the Grizzlies are on the first quarter team total over. I still think they've been profitable, um, and they've been a good team to back at home, just in terms of the first quarter, first half spread. Uh, so, 
you know, you have me intrigued now. I guess I need to get the exact <laughs> number there on the Grizzlies' first quarter team total. Um, I would say it's generally a, a safe trend. But last year, I mean, last year they ripped off something like 23 out of 25 first quarter team total overs. It was ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it was 23 out of 25. Uh, the, uh, the the two they missed, I, I think, well, that was maybe the times I was paying attention to, which is uh, part of the problem with it. But <laughs> they were on fire uh, for uh, last season. And, you know, you look at what's going on here. That That's the NBA. That's an 82-game season, and it can be very predictable like that when you can sort of chunk it out and, and see where it's going. How much of that kind of information, obviously it's not a quarter sport, but uh, how much of that stuff applies at the college level as well, or is that a, a less predictable enterprise? It's a little less predictable, and it's it's just harder to track because there's so many more college teams and sometimes against lower level teams there's not even a spread it's just and of course there's no quarter so it would just be first half information first half against the spread first half over under and it's just much tougher to to track so when you're kind of covering the nba like i am and also dabbling in everything else and covering college i'll play games and eventually i'll get to the point where i'll, I'll try and get some trends in there and play some halves in college basketball but I'm, I'm just not there yet there's too much information uh going around i'll stay off the top of my head I was on Maryland last night, unfortunately, who got smoked at home by UCLA. This is now the third game in a row that Maryland has come out and just gotten walloped in the first half. So we'll see if that becomes a trend at some point. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, the first time they had hosted UCLA, I think, in 40 years or something uh, in that Maryland. Was a, yeah, that was a pick game that grew to Maryland a two-point favorite, and they were down 29 at halftime. Wow, that's uh, that's uh, that's aggressive, especially for the West Coast team coming east like that. And uh, you know, exactly. you know, I've talked to a bunch of people like that that are you know, I know you're more NBA, but college basketball people that they really attack the early part of the season because you know the spreads. You said it. There's so many teams; it's hard to set every line right. And if you're on the right few teams early in the season, you can start to clean up. Is now the time of the year where, where that stuff starts tightening? Certainly, as we get you know approaching conference play. I know here in Syracuse, you know, full on into ACC play now, starting on Tuesday. Yeah, I'm sure it tightens up uh, a little bit. But again, we still need to see some of these conference teams play each other before things get a little bit tougher in in conference play. Um, You know, I tip my hat to the sports bettors that are out there that have like their own model. They run them before the season. They're ready to pick off bad numbers and stuff like that. I don't have my own model. I don't have the ability to do that with, you know, 300 and whatever teams. So I'm not necessarily as ready to pick off some of those some of those numbers um so that's one way to do things the other is just kind of wait get a slower start to the season we still got nba and football going on see how some of these teams play and then that's when you can kind of pick up on a team like uconn's is way better than i expected and uh just start hitting them on some on some lines and they've they've been coming through so i kind of wait and see a little bit get some get some numbers in the book and then see where i want to go in college hoops yeah, realistically, Julie, I think some people right get stuck on that. If they had success with the team in November, they keep riding it. That that's just not really the way it's going to work during a college basketball season. No, college basketball is obviously all over the place, and uh, who knows who you're playing in in November? Uh, it, it, you're gonna you're gonna be playing almost a different game when you get into conference play. So, yeah, I would. I would advise lower volume, I guess, unless you really have a, a good system and, and trust your process. If you're just uh, you know betting for fun or looking for college basketball plays, I would say you're you're easing into the season. Yeah, and you know betting for fun is uh, Julian Edlow with us here from DraftKings. I think a lot of people do that. You know, uh, come bowl season, and that officially starts uh, tomorrow, and a whole ton of games, forty some odd games. 
coming up over the next uh, three weeks or so. Uh, what's popping to you, Julian, here in these bowl games? There's so many teams out there, and it's hard to get a gr- grasp on you know who's actually playing in these games with the portal and people sitting out and coaches moving. Has anything caught your eye here as we enter bowl season tomorrow? A lot has caught my eye, and a lot of it has also moved significantly. But I will say, um, and Brad Powers, a great college football handicapper, uh, went on went on to Vison and, and kind of broke this down better than I will. But if you're chasing steam in college football bowl season, it generally works out. Now, that's not something I would advise in sports betting overall. And by chasing steam, I mean you see a line move from whatever, Fresno State opened plus four and a half. They're now laying three and a half against Washington State. Hmm. I don't care. I think Fresno State could be like minus six and a half in that game. Fresno State's got all their guys. They had a great second half of the season, and Washington State's going to be without a lot of key guys. So I I like Fresno State on Saturday against Washington State. Um, You've got some other ones kind of later down the road. Uh, that I think just the wrong team is is favored in. I think you've got Notre Dame's going to be without their top two quarterbacks. Their number one offensive weapon, Michael Mayer, tight end, he's going to the NFL draft. Their best defensive player, Isaiah Foskey, he's opted out to go to the NFL draft. They're going to you've got um, you've got the coach coming out and saying that they're they're what they're focused on right now is recruits for next year, not even prepping for their bowl game. They're favored over South Carolina. South Carolina is coming into this game with wins, back-to-back wins over Tennessee and Clemson. I, I'm taking South Carolina on on the money line. I, I think that they're they're going to get that win. You've got Tulane still a slight underdog to USC. USC is not going to play any of those guys on offense. Uh, Caleb Williams is injured. They've got guys that are going to opt out. Um, this is Tulane's Super Bowl. They get to play yeah. USC in a New Year's Six bowl game. Like, this is it for them. Everybody's in full buy-in. So I think a lot of those situations where one team isn't focused and the other is and you're getting an underdog, forget the points. I'll, I'll take the plus money on the money line. Yeah, you look at some of those games, and um, I forget who wrote it. It was something I was reading earlier today on ESPN.com. They were breaking down you know, bowl season. And the volume of games that were won by, like, way more than the spread, and not just by favorites, you know, yep. either favorites or underdogs by, like, two or more touchdowns in games that had been you know, like a field goal or whatever uh, spread. And I think a lot of that's what you're saying, Julian, is, you know, which team is bought in, which I guess is a pretty tricky thing to figure out unless it's obvious stuff like players opting out and stuff, right? Yeah, the opt-outs are what's going to tell you the story, really. Um, The opt-outs and what the coach is is saying and doing. Um, So it's not as – I don't think it's as hard as you – would say you, it's easy to identify. You just have to do the work to identify it, I guess. You got to do the digging on Twitter. You got to read the articles and put the time in. But once you see, once you see what's going on, I, I don't think it's hard to identify that a South Carolina is much more bought in than a Notre Dame and that a Tulane is much more bought in than a USC. Um, you know, USC's focus is flipped from making the college football playoff to how can we win it all next year, not this bowl game against Tulane that they're probably like embarrassed to be playing. in. Mm-hmm. So it's all about identifying those things. And then, yeah, like any, you mentioned games covering by a wide margin. I'll just say anytime that you're betting an underdog in bowl season, I'm not saying not to take the points, take the points too, but take the money line for more than you usually would a larger chunk of your, whatever you're betting on the game than you usually would, because if it stays close, these underdogs usually just come through and win the games. Uh, yeah, uh, not a lot of them, you know, are 
you know, field goal games at the end or one at the buzzer or or, or something like that. It's uh, It's been interesting to watch, certainly as it's played out with the portal and uh, the changes made with people opting out. It's a very different world than it was in bowl games uh, 10 years ago. Uh, Julian Edlow, DraftKings, is our guest. Let's uh, shift a bit to the NFL here. Uh, Julian, game tonight and uh, a huge game here. 49ers can uh, clinch the division with a win tonight. They're at the Seahawks. Seahawks uh, can obviously keep hope alive here. There are a couple games behind the Niners right now. If they uh, win tonight, you got any leans on uh, this one for this evening? Yeah, I played Seattle plus three and a half, and uh, it's one of those just plug your nose and do it situations because you look at the way that San Francisco is playing. Brock Purdy comes in, makes some noise. They're running all over the place. They got the best defense in the NFL. Why would uh, why would San Francisco not win this game, right? Yeah. And maybe they will, but I don't think it'll be by more than a field goal. So I took Seattle plus three and a half. It is just. Seattle's going to win this division. Or sorry, excuse me. San Francisco is going to win this division, whether it's tonight or down the line. But this is a terrible spot for the Niners. You have Brock Purdy, rookie quarterback, going in his first start. He beats Tom Brady in that game. Mm-hmm. Now he's dinged up. He's got injuries. He was questionable. He's going to play. He's dinged up. He goes on the road in the division on a short week to a Seattle team that's just coming off a loss as a home favorite. At home, so they're, they've been sitting at home. They lost as a favorite. They're locked in, ready to get this game. San Francisco is now traveling on the short week. It just it all lines up for Seattle to be the spot. The dogs are hitting around sixty percent. Pete Carroll's great in his career as an underdog. No Debo Samuel for the Forty ers And if you look, you know, I tweet out a lot of our, our betting splits at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is just information on tickets and overall handle. The last I looked at it. of the tickets were on Seattle, so less than a third of the actual bets. But Mm. the money on this game is 50-50. So the big, sharp bets, the professional bets are on Seattle. Those are generally the guys you want to side with. Yeah, that is the the old fade the public strategy when the the big money guys are on the other side. uh, You know, whether it ends up being right or not, they're over there for a reason. (laughs) They are over there uh, for a reason. All right, uh, lastly, Julian, it's a busy weekend, too. I mean, we got Thursday night, but this is, you know, college football in the bowl season, so the NFL spreads out a bit. There's games on Saturday, Sunday, uh, Monday. Anything popping to you for the rest of the weekend? Yeah, I'll say for Saturday night, I hate this spot for Miami. We're talking about how bad the spot is for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Miami just went on the road, West Coast trip. You lose at San Francisco. You lose Sunday night primetime to the L.A. Chargers. Tua looks about as bad as you can You can look. Maybe defenses have figured out this Miami offense. Now you fly back on that red-eye Sunday night. You get into Miami Monday morning. You got to practice and go on the road short week Saturday night game in Buffalo. Buffalo doubled Miami up in yards. You remember that game early in the season, but somehow lost. They've had this one circled. They want to beat Miami. Um, and like uh, Miami, uh, that Sunday night game in LA, it was 55 degrees out. They had space heaters on the bench. Uh-huh. What do you think it's going to be like in Buffalo on Saturday night? I think that the Bills have had this one circled. They're going to be ready for this spot and probably get a pretty sizable win over the Dolphins, and then the Bucks. but we talked about them a little bit. Sometimes, so we're talking about bad spots for the Niners and the Dolphins. The market, it's, this is rare to find this late in the season, but the mar- market might just be off on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're not very good. You've got a Bengals team that's 10-3 and three against the spread this season. They're clicking right now, and Tampa hasn't covered a game at home all season. They pushed the game. They haven't covered a game at home all season. I'll lay three and a half with the Bengals on the road on Sunday as well. 
And just quick last thing, you mentioned the the Bills here. You know, there's some potential lake effect snow that, that might be around uh, for that game in Buffalo on Saturday. <laughs> Go figure. Shocking, I know. Uh, how much do you track weather and stuff like that as you, we head toward kickoff Saturday night? Weather matters, uh, just probably more towards totals. Yeah. Um, but, like, the way that Miami's been throwing the ball, they kind of air it out to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I would say weather-wise, tougher defense in Buffalo. Um, I, you know, I, I think that bad weather probably favors Buffalo, um, regardless of home field advantage. So, in this case, uh, bring the bad weather on. I, I think that it only means better things for Buffalo. All right. It's uh, snowing here in Syracuse right now, and I'm sure it's uh, going to land in Buffalo by the time uh, we get to Saturday night. At least that's the current uh, projections around uh, this part of the world. All right, Julian, always good to catch up, and I'm sure we'll do it again soon, all right? Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys for having me. All right. That is Julian Edlow from DraftKings. He is, uh, if you want like NBA stuff, he is uh, deep in the NBA information if you follow his Twitter. With that final break, quick final wrap. When we come back after this, it's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. 